This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium in Hollywood, California. It is at Hollywood and Highland. You might recognize Ripley as the world-famous name from television and books, but I recognize it as the one-stop shop for oddities in Hollywood, California. Maybe you've seen them in Niagara Falls, or you've been to their location in San Francisco. Have you been to the Hollywood location? It's awesome! Guys, you want to go? Here's the deal. Two for the price of one. How do you do that, you say? All you have to do is mention this podcast at the Ripley's in Hollywood, at Hollywood and Highland, the Crossroads of Entertainment, and you will be gifted a buy one, get one offer. That's two people at 5 after 5.30 p.m. for $20. You're welcome. I mean, try doing something else around there for $20. Impossible. Literally impossible. Um, it costs more to take your photo with a guy who doesn't look like Superman. Okay. Enjoy the auditorium, and then enjoy the show. Here it comes. Podcast, the final frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission to seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hi everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the number one podcast that talks about Star Trek and records multiple times in a weekend. I am Matt. I am Andy. Uh, so, Andy, good to have you back, you know? It's Thanks. been a while. I like looking to my left, seeing my first officer in the Counselor Troy seat. But um, I don't care. I'll sit wherever I want. <laughs> Let Troy find another spot. Very presumptuous of the Klingon ambassador just be like <laughs> slouching in Troy's seat today. <laughs> did you not catch that? I, I was did. Like, I was I like, what see. is going I on see. here? They don't let the ambassadors is, sit where they want. I mean, yeah, I get it. But like, he was just like, as we'll get into, he was a jerk. Wow. He was a real jerk. Matt. Yes, Andy. Get a load of this. Okay. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Timed it perfectly. Like the true podcasting master that he is. Podcast type guy. <laughs> uh, would you have... The, I, we should ask you. Yeah. In return. You know, it's interesting. I mean, Because you now have seen them. We're going to get into it. I've it, There's so many things, that theoretically, that I would like in this episode, but I'm not sure if it if it really it really delivered the way that I want. It's Romulans, Jordy. No better way. Chanturian candidate, to, action. No better way to make sure something didn't deliver in the way we wanted by you and I discussing it ad nauseum. That's true. If you enjoyed the episode before, you won't when you're done with this podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's sort of... Uh, 
I, this is an episode. This is one of those. You know, there's a bunch. There's probably like a couple dozen of the Star Trek TNG episodes I watched a ton as a kid, and this yeah. is certainly, I think, one of them. Um, so that's cool. For Do I sound loud enough to you? Yeah. In fact, you sound too loud. Oh, I sound too quiet to me. I would like my voice to be booming in my ears at all times. There yeah, you but go. You, you also, that's it. You're going to get so much louder ah. than that, and then you're just going to clip. Oh, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> I got a pretty even temper in this podcast. <laughs> I never shout. I never get excitable. Um, okay. Uh, so, wait. What were we just talking about before you said your voice was too low? Um, we were talking about how I make a lot of uh, smart points, and uh, you sometimes you it. feel like... And I'm like, he's too like, handsome. Like, I, I can't, can't be next to him. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to be the ugly one in the in the friend group. It's like, all of a sudden, I'm hanging around with Andy. Look at this ugly Matt. <laughs> Is it's this like, ringing a bell oh now, Matt? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, now I remember. Um, I, how could I have been so foolish as to not remember that moment? We were talking about Mind's hey, Eye. do you need a fat friend to look skinny next to? Call Matt Myra. Is that <laughs> is that what you're offering? That's what I. That's that's literally all I offer in any friendship. You know that uh, no matter what the weight of the person next to me is, that it, it in no way affects well, my self worth. <laughs> always going to be eating more than that person. That's true. You know, it's amazing, Andy, that we haven't. Um, I offered Matt to go get burgers after this, and he. Uh, I have. I got, he turned yeah, me I down. Work to do. Anyway. Um, I was going to make fun of Andy's eating, but we all know he eats a lot. So true. He has the metabolism of, I don't know, a gazelle. It's crazy. I'm putting on the weight. No, you're not. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not in a major way, but I definitely am like, uh, I don't really, look good He's really right packing now. it in. He's uh, probably got like a 34 pant on now, this guy. is so heavy. One of us is married, Matt, and one of us is out there. So <laughs> there's a little bit more pressure on me. <laughs> there's more pressure on my waistband. <laughs> anyway you like comedy like that tune in to old episodes of king of queens um anyway where were we shot at king of queens <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> shots fired on king of queens <laughs> pew, 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 pew. uh admiral's club maybe a punchy episode guys i asked for a coffee but then i forgot to uh you took, forgot to get it uh, yeah, i forgot to get it you can go get it. You go get it, Andy, while right. I tell everyone how to get into the Admirals Club. All right. So, look, if you'd like to be entered into the Admirals Club, it's very simple. All you have to do is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's simple. It's easy. It takes very little time out of your day. You can say whatever you'd like. You can say, oh, wait, Matt, you're the handsome one, and leave five stars. We'd still have to read it. Might not be true, but we'd have to read it. Andy's back. Hi, guys. I got my coffee. My evening coffee. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna go badly for me and when it gets later. Heads up, everybody. It's 5.47 p.m. Uh, um, oh, we both ummed at the same time. We sure did. What's happening in the Admirals Club? Well, we got a couple of admirals, uh, and we're going to read what they say. Uh, first is Admiral E.J. Lacouture who says, Top-notch pod. I give this podcast five Andes, a thoroughly entertaining and informative retrospective on TNG. I'm so glad this exists. Thanks, Matt and Andy. Very, very direct. You're welcome. You are welcome, EJ Lacouture. And the other one is from Sir Coopsalot, <laughs> who says, a positive review, and then in quotes, hey, this show is worth a listen, everybody. End quote. <laughs> I love it. 
That's I wonder great. why he put it in quotes. Is that something one of us said? Probably. <laughs> it's just his. He's quoting himself. Uh, that's it for the uh, for the Admirals Club. I love a short Admirals Club. Yep. Gives me the opportunity to really explore the space, you know? Yeah. Just sort of wander so left many, to right. So many doors. Really is a wonder why they even bothered with this. Do you think there's anything to like? Do you think they test new door mechanisms in here, or they just like to have so many doors? Maybe it serves some kind of a of a of a sciency purpose, some mm. kind of reason yeah. why. It's I just a, think it's very poor design. Oh, here we are at the president circle. He's extending the last note. Or he's doing some kind of a, an ancient tribal chant. Can it be both? Okay. What a beautiful waterfall I've summoned. Oh my gosh, that is so nice. Um, the first one is from Lieutenant Kim Vilsack, who says, Guys, every week when you read the names of the Patreon contributors at the end of your regular podcast... I wait in anticipation for my name to be read. I get so excited. Who's going to read it this month? Will it be Andy? Will it be Matt? Will they just say my name as is, or will they put a funny spin on it? Will they pronounce it right? You haven't messed up yet. Oh, boy. I just want to thank you for coming up with this fun way of involving me in your show. That, again, is from Lieutenant Kaim Vilesay. Oh, no, Andy, you finally oh, said boy. it wrong. I said it wrong. The next one's from Lieutenant Tony Lynn, who says, Andy... During the actual run of TNG, what were you watching instead? And do you now oh, regret your decision? Good question. You know, I gave this some thought, and um, I feel like I must have been watching more sci-fi content than I could come up with. I was just looking at what was big at the time. But the ones that stood out to me were Seinfeld, Cheers, Twin Peaks was I was obsessed with, L.A. Law I would watch very frequently, Friends, Beverly Hills 90210. I watched it. Friends and... Um TNG, I don't really... Did they maybe one season crossed over? Friends was in 91. No, it wasn't. It wasn't? No. Friends was in probably 95 or 6. Let's see. Friends was in 94. When did... Oh, so it was the season 7 crossed over? Although they would have started at the beginning of 90, of the 94 season. So there would be no crossover. I'm cool with taking uh, friends off that list. Uh, Quantum Leap. You can do that. And Simpsons. Those are probably the ones that uh, that stood out. There, I'm sure there are many others. Well, it's just such a I weird... I didn't have a um, huge social life at any point. It's also a big genre uh, show for you to have just sort of passed on. I. It is very interesting, now having watched all this... Mm-hmm to figure out what the I think it was just was it too nerdy for you? This no, it wasn't too nerdy. It was the style, like the tone. It was the, it was the thing that is the classic complaint I think of the hotel lobby feeling environment. It just didn't it didn't grab me. You it's didn't. A, you know what it's you know once you watch the show, it's the appeal of the show is much more nuanced than yeah. other sci-fi. You got to kind of, you know, 
let it sit there. And also, uh, we must also remember the first two seasons were yeah. terrible. But also, if you're going <laughs> to let it sit there, why not let it sit there in a nice plush brown leather chair surrounded by carpeting and bright lights? I think you mean a tan leather chair. Is tan not a brown? Tan is uh, a less distinct brown. That's that's part of the issue. Well, it's all bland. We're very punchy, but I'm not going to bite on that one and just let it go. Oh, look at him. And the last one it's is the from- soothing waterfall. Thanks, Hollow DJ. <laughs> He's really a whole new guy. <laughs> um, and the last one is from Lieutenant Tom Casey, who says, "In an in an amok time, this will this will get your juices flowing. In an amok time style battle Andy. to the death, yes." I, I, you ask me to do this occasionally. I'm going to do it right now. Okay. It's an amok time. Amok time? Yeah. And I said amok. Yeah. It's not even spelled like amok. I don't know why I would do that. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I, you know, I'm just helping out. I appreciate that. Amok time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. He also, he supplies a, uh, a, um, I'll, I'll a say. A sound it. clip? Yeah, sound bum, clip. Bum, 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 bum. Sure does. So his question is, um, in an amok style <laughs> battle to death between the two of you, there is a replicator on hand, and you can choose a weapon to defeat each other with. It can be literally any weapon you can conceive of. What would each of you choose, and how do you envision this battle going? Also, there's some music to get you in the mood. Well, I would uh, have spent all my time leading up to this battle uh, properly figuring out the molecular structure and recipe for a very hot, very delicious Tafaris pizza. I would place <laughs> it in the middle of the arena uh-huh. and I would, once the doors opened, there aren't doors in a mock time, but once we entered the ring, Andy would be so distracted by the pizza mm-hmm. that I would be able to um, strangle him to death from behind with my shoelace. I don't think you'd be able to do that, Matt, because uh, in the center of the room, oh, no. it would be a very rare left-handed Rickenbacker. Oh, no. <laughs> actually, actually, did, did Paul have one of those? Uh, the John well, had those. Paul, Paul had a Rickenbacker base. Going right yeah, there, there you go. It was a Rickenbacker base. And, uh, and uh, as soon as Matt touched it, he would be electrified. Oh, so. no. Also, I'd have an Infinity Gauntlet. P.S. <laughs> Damn it. He's good. Um, I can't find the thing to turn a, a mock time off. Or should we just leave it? I, I the president circle. It's up to them, guys. Let's run a poll. We'll get the results. <laughs> All right, in we'll six get it weeks. next week. <laughs> um, that's it for the president circle. All right, then let's head back out, Andy. <laughs> I don't know why I've scrolled so far down there. Back in the Admiral's Club. I, this is very confusing to me. Oh, you going back directly into the hallway through the back no, door? No, no, no. Not this time, but I'm confused as to why the music didn't leave with the cargo bay closing behind us. Well, I think uh, that the... Uh, you're playing it out of your combat? Yeah. <laughs> Let me just, I'll just click it off. Do you have the... Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Okay. Hang on. Here we Can go. You just click Andy. it? Oh, thank God. <laughs> <sighs> Two to beam directly to the hallway, that was, that please. Was the most, FYI, out of about 100 episodes, that was the most... Oh, no! No, no, I beamed us to the hallway. I know, but I still have to do... Uh, <laughs> 
There oh, you go. you got it. Um, uh, out of 100 episodes, that was probably the most complicated <laughs> dual sound maneuver uh, Matt and I have. Uh, and we nearly pulled it off. Yeah, almost. Um, all right. <laughs> Captain, we are being hailed. We are. Yep. Um, by the way, uh, while it's on my mind, what episode are we up to? Because someone had mentioned in oh, one of our we, Mayor we, various we've forums missed, and um, such. We've missed the... It's misnumbered by fault of me. Um, if we, I, No, I think if we were hitting 100, I would tell you. I'm going to go back and fix it. I would let it. you know. Um, but, but I think it's on the horizon, whatever the case. Um, well, it also could be this episode because I would only know if I put up the set, the other the last week's episode, which I haven't done yet because we're recording two in two days. Oh, I can tell you right now. Uh, no, we're not there yet. No, oh, we are there. We hit it last week. Oh no! Congratulations, everybody! A hundred episodes. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Even with the misnumbering, it's uh, yes. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, if we're not, I mean, look, I guess we'll not count the shuttle pod as canon. Then last week's episode was it. Well, congratulations, everybody. A way to make it 100. <laughs> With an appropriate amount of confusion and lack of fanfare, we have reached 100 episodes. Can mazel tov. <laughs> Look, Andy, we have 3 million, 346,000 downloads of this podcast. That sounds inaccurate. It is accurate, actually. Um, How many? 3,346,711 downloads of this podcast. Is that really true? Yes, that's true. Um, (laughs) And a big... (laughs) By what? (laughs) That I asked the question again. Oh, I'm not going to make up that specific a number twice in a row. I would have forgotten the number I made up. Uh Look, I just want to talk about October. We had a great month in October. People were really with us. We dropped off dramatically in November. We took a week off, really. Mm -hmm. December, we climbed back up. January, ooh, climbed again. February, another drop-off. Interesting. Less weeks in February. Oh, there you go. Um, anyway, thank you all for your uh, continued support of the podcast. Agreed. Um, and here is a voice hail. Hi, uh, this is uh, Tom Hulse in Boston, Massachusetts. Yes. I'm calling because I was trying to listen to your podcast, and I pressed play on my phone, and it actually played Send in the Clowns uh, from uh, Susan Sondheim musical, Little Night Music. So then when I actually was able to play your podcast, it was The Drumhead, which featured Gene Simmons in a pivotal role, and he's also the person who originated the role of Desiree, who sang Send in the Clowns. And I just thought this was neat. I doubt you'll play this on the show, but we did. it seems like a strange coincidence, and I we, just wanted to share it. We did Love it. the show. I, look, Hi. I'm into strange coincidences. If you have any strange coincidences you'd like to share with the podcast audience, uh, fucking use that phone number. 413. Nope, that's the Exit Adventure number. Oh, 816 Trek TNC. 816 Trek TNC. And here is another voice hail. Andy, we've done 216 episodes of Excellent Adventure. Really? Um, no, we haven't really done 216. I, I've, I've numbered them weirdly. Uh, Seems to be a running pattern. Hang on. Let me see. It's a little, many, this a little egghead minute. How many have we done? I can't even tell. Oh, if I were to go to content. Ah, we've done 124 episodes of that. What? That's not. I figured it would be much more than ours. Hell. How? I don't know. I figured you started. No, no. My brain is like, how is that possible? Do you take more time off for that show than no. you do for this show? 
do we just love doing podcasts so much that we can't stop putting it out I don't understand. Do you do so? We had only done twenty-four episodes of Excellent Adventure before we started this. That's wow. crazy. That is crazy. And now you're going to have a kid. What a terrible situation! This Are is. you changing the name of the pod? No, we just flipped the season. You can change seasons on a podcast. Uh-huh. So we made it season two. It's the pregnancy edition. Oh, nice. Anyway, uh, back to Star Trek. Sort of. Here's a voice hail. Sort of. Hey, guys, this is Donald from Texas. I don't really have an accent, so who knows if this will get played or not. But I have a few quick comments. Um, Andy, I was surprised that you didn't bring up the fact that um, last week's episode, The Drumhead, was exactly like the Battlestar episode, Litmus. I mean, there's a bomb, there's a spy, there's a trial led by a talented yet a little overzealous female officer. It's all true. Um, The ending where... Uh, Adama pretty much does the same thing Picard does to shut it down and kind of wondering is there maybe some kind of unspoken rule maybe when in writer's rooms that if someone hears something or says something that's been on a by the way just want to break in at this point he said writer's rooms this guy you got an accent Donald I got something to tell you oh boy <laughs> yeah, southern accent counts as an accent uh, anyway let's hear the rest previous shows they go hey uh, maybe uh, we saw this on something else or Hey guys, I think I might have seen this on a different show because I know Ron Moore didn't write either of the episodes, but he was involved with both. And I just, I can't understand how he couldn't have seen it and said, hey, this is the same exact thing. And a uh, side note, I just want to thank uh, Matt and his other co host, Mr. Gorley, because you guys are the reason I love James Bond and it's the reason I found this podcast. So keep up the good work, guys. Welcome. Secunda. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, is. Donald. Thanks, uh, partner. Really appreciate you calling in. I would argue that there's very much the opposite in a writer's room a lot of times, where you're just like, this sounds a lot like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but... I think you Let's and I it. would have more of a conscience than other shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that we would torture ourselves, but I do think we have been present for the reverse. And I do think it's all over the map. Like, some people are like, oh, there's that thing. Let's just do that. There's yeah. sometimes, I think mostly what it is, is my guess. Tell me if you agree with this. You're brainstorming on a thing. There's one person who's like, this is a thing that's been done. And they will, there's sort of a feeling of don't ruin the momentum. So they're holding back. Yeah. And if it gets too far down the road, they'll say something. And at that point, people will decide like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We've done too can much Can we work. change it? Can we whatever? So it's a, it's a muddy. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, there was there was also the inadvertent day that, like, there was a week, what was it last year or the year before, that, like, three of the ABC shows had swear jar episodes? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that also just happens. Yeah. You know? Um, there's one more hail I'm going to play. Andy seems not confident about playing this hail. He seems questioning himself and well, I whether tell or not you, I want to hear it. The, it's only 30 seconds, so I am gonna. So I don't think it'll be that much of a, of a bite out of the show, but the the uh, the basically, this person clearly has tried to leave this hail before, and I'm guessing the reason I didn't play it is because it's almost impossible to tell what they're saying. So, Oh, is it like bad, uh, bad audio? Yeah. So, I, 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 so are I, you asking me to decipher? Uh, but that actually would be a fun Let's game. Let's see what I can do. All right. There's also a thing where he identifies himself in a short hail after that. 
What's up, gentlemen? Uh, just listen to this week's episode, Cupid. Um, apparently, I would I would not agree with the statement that Andy likes accents. I've called in, I don't know, maybe five times. Yep, hear it. Maybe you know a shit. Maybe that makes sense. But uh, I've reworded my joke, so let's try it again. So what does Maury Povich say when he goes to get his hair cut when he's on board to start your enterprise? Pause. I can like tell you everything he's saying. Oh, great! I can hear his. It's a very. Uh, it's a very. Um, By the uh, way, I think it's an American number. Uh, yeah, but he's his accent. Oh, he's looking up. Is uh, no. Uh, God, what part of England it is? I can tell you in a yeah. second. Interesting. It's impressive. I, uh, you know, while you're looking it up, well, I guess I'm not. Uh, oh, God. Just keep. Do you want me to play the end of this message? Yeah, sure. You are not the barber. Thank you, guys. I love the podcast. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I understood everything he said, up to and including his joke, uh-huh. uh, which was, what does Maury Povich say to Mott the barber? To another, bo- play it again. And I'll tell you. Okay. Exactly. Well, can I can just actually, play the end? Pl- I'll play you the. I can tell you the entire. Do you, want, oh, you want me to do the whole thing? Yeah. Do you want it all translated? Yeah, yeah. Do What's up, yes. gentlemen? Okay. Sorry. Oops. Here we go. Uh, just listen to this week's episode, Cupid. Um, apparently, Pause. I would. Do you know what he said there? Yes. Just listen to this week's episode, Cupid. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. I would not agree with the statement that Andy likes accents. I've called in. I don't know, maybe five times. Okay, yep. so that now, now I understand. Is I, I would not agree with the statement that Andy likes accents. I've called in five times. Yep. Okay. Yeah, maybe you know a shit. Maybe that makes sense. But uh, I've reworded my joke. So, okay, I didn't understand the top of that sentence. Uh, I think you cut it off in the middle. But it back. says, I think he said... Uh, Let me go back. I don't know, maybe five times. Yep, hear it. Maybe you know a shit. Maybe that makes sense, but uh, I've reworded my joke. Uh, call in five times to see if you'll play it. Uh, maybe you didn't hear it, and that's why you didn't play it. Oh, I think it's something about saying sh- maybe it was shit. Oh, maybe it was shit, and that's why you didn't play it. Also works for yeah. me. Okay. So let's try it again. <laughs> that we so know. What does Maury Povich say when he goes to get his haircut when he's on board to start the Enterprise? He walks through the door and says, you are not the barber. Thank you, guys. I love the podcast. Awesome. So, you know, he's playing on the You Are Not the Father, the Maury Povich saying. Oh. And it's, and it's a You Are Not the Barber. Yeah, I didn't really watch Maury Povich that much. You don't need to. You can just absorb it through. Oh, okay, so anyway, he sounds like, to me, he sounds he, that sounds very much like a like a, like a a Jeffrey Ross kind of accent. Uh, not a, uh, Jonathan Ross, not Jeffrey Ross. Jonathan Ross. Uh... Jonathan Ross grew up in uh, Leytonstone in London. Oh. So. Now I'm curious. He's, uh, that's what I think. I think he's uh, northeast London. Um, here's, a, here's just a little tag on. He forgot to leave his name. Yeah, so I forgot to leave my name. I'm the Mother Barber guy. <laughs> this is Greg from Fort Rotterdam. Oh, does he say? Does he say where? Barber guy. It's Greg from Fort Rotterdam, circa 1992. The K 
Cohen and pre nineteen ninety two. Can you tell me what Five. that one was? <laughs> so it's something in pre nineteen. It's like nineteen ninety two something and pre nineteen ninety two something. Yeah. Is he but that I couldn't hear. That I couldn't hear because it broke up. Right. Anyway. Whatever the it. case. I love deciphering things. Mott the Barber Guy, thank you so much. <laughs> now he's Mott the Barber Guy. <laughs> um, you got you your message, Lee. Mott the Barber. Uh, I actually texted him, as I occasionally will do, when someone seems very, uh, very uh, concerned about not being played, and I don't understand what they've said, or the or the message is endless. Uh, I write them and say, if you can do it quicker, I'll put it on. Um, or if you can make it clear, if you can get to a landline, I'll put it on. <laughs> Um. Anyway, you got it on anyway, buddy. Two different accents. One from America. One from Gladstone. Is that what you said? Is that oh, Leightonstone? Is Leightonstone. One, that was just my guess on where he grew up. I, mean, I can't wait to hear from him and t- tell us where. I can't wait to figure out for him to call in and tell us where he's from. Fading frequencies closed, sir. Um, if you would like to uh, to send a hail to us, the information will be at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, Matt is uh, Matt at Matt Meyer. I my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda, and uh, my Twitter is at Secunda. Just it, literally, if you're like, I need to email these dum dums, just just go right to the very end of the podcast and back it up sixty seconds. Right there, you go. That's it. We're ready for this day in track. Too many people out there, but because we've done two in a row. Um, our friend Matthew Kirk didn't send us uh, in a uh, this day in Trek, and uh, Matt had suggested that we uh, we proceed with the uh, part of the show that we do have the information for, which I think you will all recognize immediately. Frank Sinatra, come on! It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on! Uh, it's the best segment of all time, everybody. Yes. Hey, uh, Andy, what was the chairman of the board up to when this episode was airing? I'm glad you asked me that, Matt. It was on broadcast date May 27th, 1991, and on this date, Frank was taking a short break on his Diamond Jubilee World Tour. Previous week, he had sung at uh, Salt Palace in Salt Lake City to approximately 9,000 concert goers. Wow. Frank Sinatra, come on! It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, come on! Uh, you forget that that has a title. It's Frank Sinatra, come on! It's the name of the segment. You, I know. I always think it's just this day in Frank, but it's actually <laughs> no, it's Frank Sinatra, come on! <laughs> I love the uh, the attitude of that. It's like how do you how do you not want to hear about Frank Sinatra? <laughs> uh, so that's what was going on, everybody. I hope that puts the world into perspective for you uh, as far as the social issues of the day and uh, what kind of uh, leisure he was getting into during his break. Um, if I'm wrong, by the way, and Matthew Kirk sent me the thing ahead, which he often does, he's It'll very responsible about the whole thing, then I apologize, but I don't think he did. <laughs> so that's on you, Matthew Kirk. No, it's not. He didn't know we were going to go. No, I think ahead. that's on you, Matthew Kirk. It's not on him. It's on Andy. 
I've, but the joke there is that if you lost it, it's on him. <laughs> well, that is that is true. <laughs> All right, Andy, it's time to talk about an episode called The Mind's Eye, which, uh, as you said during our Frank Sinatra Come On, uh, aired the week of May 27th, 1991, directed by David Livingston, and the teleplay was by Renee Achevaria, and Ken Schaefer uh, did the story along with Renee. En route to a vacation and seminar on Rizal, LaForge is kidnapped by Romulans as part of a complex plot to split the Federation-Klingon alliance. While he is gone, Klingon Ambassador Kell comes aboard the Enterprise to investigate a Klingon governor's charge that Starfleet is aiding the rebels fighting for independence on his colony. LaForge, who returns with false memory, implants... Uh, false memory implants, rather, of his Risa trip, and Data... <laughs> this is a crazy sentence. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to try to say this sentence completely. I'm excited. Follow the sentence, everybody. There's just too many commas in the sentence for me. LaForge... Who returns with false memory implants of his Ryza trip and data work to show that phaser rifles seized by Governor Vogue are really Romulan replicators. <laughs> well, the, the weirdest thing is that there's a comma after, after the, trip. And then and. Yeah. Well, that's... it's also like, that feels like a parenthetical should have been used there, Larry. Yeah. You might be Dr. Trek, but you're not Dr. Not Dr. Revised Edition. <laughs> Oh, snap! They didn't give him enough time to actually do the revisions he wanted. Is that true? That is what I heard from the doc himself. Yeah, well, that's not... uh, so I don't blame you, Namachek. And that's on HarperCollins or whoever published I this bla- thing. You can't just willy-nilly award Harp, uh, HarperCollins the publishing rights, Andy. <laughs> I don't know who it is. I don't want to look it up either. <laughs> <sighs> Guys, I'm looking it up. Looking it up. Pocket books. Wait, Pocket Books has they, a parent company. Are they an imprint of HarperCollins? Let me look at that up now. <laughs> and he's very excited that he might have inadvertently guessed the name of the publisher. Anyway, back on uh, the Enterprise. That's Simon and Chester. Their work does little to change Vaz's mind. <laughs> Though, especially with the shipment of arms uh, detected. Vach. Governor Vach. Funny if it was Bosch. Oh, it would not be funny. It'd be a boring episode. The cargo was beamed over by LaForge, who was being mind controlled by the Romulans. The engineer's next task next task is to assassinate Vog and split the Klingon Federation Alliance. Kel ostensibly, the cool headed meteor turn mediator turns out to be a Romulan sympathizer manipulating LaForge. Data, meanwhile, has been tracking a strange E band emissions. This is very poorly translated to Kindle because that just says A-band emissions. Uh, And finally discovers what is going on. He warns Picard, who knocks LaForge's phaser out of the way just in time. Vogue is furious, but even more so when Data explains the story. Kel's quick asylum request is refused by Picard, and an uneasy uh, Kel departs with Governor Vogue, while Troy sits down to the painful task of helping LaForge regain his memory. Memories. You know, it's interesting is I don't know that I consider him or, or I don't know that it's established that he's a Romulan sympathizer. He's working with the Romulans, but I assumed that his motivation was to just split apart the Federation from the uh, from from the. Yeah, Empire. I think you uh, could infer either there. And uh, I think we saw what Dr. Larry Nemajek, Dr. Trek uh, inferred. And now we're seeing what Andy has inferred. Yeah. 
I'm going to write a whole book ever made clear in the writing. No. Or it was probably just cut. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's tune in for our third personal log in a row, Andy. My mother is here. Perfect. See how Jordy has fun. Personal log, Chief Engineer Jordy LaForge, Stardate 44885.5. I am en route to the planet Ryza to attend an artificial intelligence seminar. Captain Picard has ordered me to arrive a few days early to have some fun and relax. I'm Andy. Picard is telling him to have sex. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Where's your... Are you going to play... Can you play the Andy's Theory music for me? Oh, well, exciting. Hang on one sec. <clears throat> Let me just... Uh... Where are all the bathrooms at? Let an android have a cat. Is Data just pretending to be so dim? No one knows the answers. Least of all him, it's Andy's theory. No, it's Andy's theory. No, it's my theory. I'm just helping you out. Oh, I see. Great. Andy? Yes. What is your longest standing theory about Jordy LaForge? That he is a mechophile and is only interested uh, sexually in machines, probably more accurately, the Enterprise itself. Right. Uh, now, Andy, I'm going to ask you another question. What do people go to Ryza for? Uh, primarily, uh, my understanding is for uh, romantic or sexual exploits. Yes. Don't you think it's interesting that he's attending an artificial intelligence conference on a fuck planet? Oh, such a good specific. I had another thing that's later that I that I was gonna say for later, but I might as well say now. I don't know. I don't know. We've never had two theories so quickly. I don't know. You can find no. It's part of the same theory, but at the end, I think it's I think it's in the scene when he's talking to Troy. Well, that's why we reread Larry's uh, book. Do you think it? Is it when he's telling Troy about his time and what happened there? Yes. So that's not at the end. That is that is in the middle. And uh, here we go, Andy. I'll just pop in for you. No, I the think it's... advanced work in artificial intelligence, so I spent a lot of time in their research seminars. Mm. Jordy, mm. I get the feeling that something special happened on this vacation, and I'm not talking about computers. <laughs> Uh, the thing I'm talking about is even different. What? So go to the last scene if you can with uh, him and jo- her. And where she's trying to she's trying to get it trying out. to recall yes, the Yes, because there's one line in particular. All right, here we go. It's one night at dinner. We, we had this Andorian waiter. He Drop couldn't get this. our orders right. It, it did happen. I remember being on Ryza. I know you do. Just take that memory and put it aside for a moment. And tell me everything you remember tell about the shuttlecraft no, trip after you left the Enterprise. Exactly. This is, this is how he gets in the mood. Well, I, I was just trying to get in the mood. I, uh, I played some music. Uh-huh. I talked to the computer. There you go. <laughs> you know what it's like on a long trip. I don't. I don't. I was trying to get in the mood, so I put on some music and I talked to the computer. Oh no! Wait a minute, then. But that's that means I love machines. Had sex a with the. Time. All right. So anyway. And 
Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. It's also like he wants Latin guitar music. Well, that was the How other about thing. a game computer? Please restate request. This is the thing that was Something the most to pass the time weird and version. Select either visual interactive or verbal interactive. Mm. Verbal. You have 20 seconds to respond to each Oral. question. <laughs> Level of difficulty will increase as you progress. Proceed when ready. Begin. List the resonances of the subquantum states associated with transitional relativity. <laughs> That's easy. In alphabetical order. Oh, you computer, uh, you. Well, uh, a- asymmetrical, uh, 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 inverted, um, uh, uh, phased, uh, stable. Uh, Your time has expired. You little minx. There would only be one left. I don't know why he's... Uh, it's, well, I'm struggling so hard through the last two. It is it is unclear in that moment just how smart he is. I always get the sense from everything he can do. He's like well, practically I a super mean, genius. As you know, there's only three people who could do that to the transporter. Chief O'Brien, Data, and me if I put my mind to it. <laughs> That, is, that was a really interesting moment of like sort of giving us a general sense of how smart everybody is. Well, in fairness to Jordy, uh, O'Brien's literally a tra- he's a transporter chief. He's a specialist. Like that's his, that's yeah. a specialty field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it is. I don't know. I kind of like that that moment because it's like, all right, Data's an android. He can do whatever. It's 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 O'Brien's specialty, and Jordy probably for a human can figure out any mechanical or sure he knows the ship systems inside and out. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's a nice little detail. Uh, hey, let me ask you this, Matt. Yes, assuming the technology is equal. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You do you think uh, Scotty wins in a face-off with Jordy, or the vice versa? Oh, boy. If only there's some way to find out. Uh, I think they both have their strengths. Uh-huh. Uh, I think in an emergency situation, if you if something was broken, broken, and had to really be jerry-rigged together, Scotty's going to get that done faster uh-huh. than uh, LaForge. Right. However, I would, con- I, would, I would counter that and say, if it's a more complex uh, situation involving physics and like something like really redesigning the engines in and of themselves, I bet you Jordy wins. As opposed to a battle scary situation, which I well, agree with. you know, he's really thinking this. Out. No, I'm trying to think of what episode number it is. Fifteen, five, fifteen. Don't worry. Okay, next season we will see the two of them. Oh, all right, together. All right, and you'll get your fucking answers, Andy. Sorry, I didn't mean to stress <sighs> you out. God. One of my favorite episodes. Is it? Yeah. I'm excited. I just don't want to spoil things for you. I appreciate I would it. Stop asking me questions. I can't help it. Stop That's trying to I ruin do. things by inventing Jeffy. That would be the my... <laughs> now it is tolerated. I have enough troubles on the home planet so we don't wish to divert resources to such a trivial war. You're preparing to grant them independence? Well, perhaps. Conquer them again later if we wish. May I ask, Ambassador, what has this to do with us? The governor of Krios has charged that the Federation is secretly aiding the rebels. Does he have evidence? Counselor sent me here to examine that evidence. It was my decision to invite you to accompany me, Captain. Many on the council have great respect for you. Hello. I have been 
pleased to offer occasional assistance to the Klingon people in the past. Seems kind of modest is very human, Captain. I will excuse it. But I can assure you, Ambassador. So how would a Klingon have said this? Uh, like, you, I guess he would have said, You know it! <laughs> <laughs> Up top. <laughs> the Federation would never interfere in the internal affairs of the Empire. Let us hope not. Such interference would strike at the very basis of our alliance. Captain, we are in the war zone. Indeed. Ambassador, I will ask our chief security officer, Lieutenant Worf, to make a report. Uh, Captain, uh, Worf's discommendation makes that very awkward. If I could work with one of the other security officers... Lieutenant Worf is my chief of security and my tactical officer. This matter clearly falls within his jurisdiction. I love that. As you wish. Um, and even not knowing what this guy's motivations later, uh, I really like that. That like him saying, "I don't want to hang out with that guy. He's, guy. he's got a weird thing going on with the Klingons." And uh, Picard's like, "No, that's his job. Fuck you. I love it." Uh, however, in retrospect, well, why is he avoiding having Worf involved? Out of curiosity, like in terms well, of his, you know, his, who really so. hates people who aid and abed the Klingon, the Romulans. Worf, because you know the Romulans killed his parents. So he's just afraid having someone who's that that aggressively against the Romulans. He might uh, yeah, sure a terrible explanation, but maybe I don't know. I think it's a reasonable explanation. Yeah, it's not that great. I mean, I was thinking that like maybe he just knows he's super competent and he's trying to keep him away from it for that reason. Uh, you know, Andy, I, I really thought that I knew this guy from somewhere. I was gonna say the same thing, Lawrence Dobkin. And I, I don't know, is it the Rifleman? I, I really don't know. He's in a lot of L.A. laws, but I don't think I know him from that. I mean... He's in a bunch of Melrose places, which I also watched. Three different characters <laughs> in Gunsmoke, so no one who was around enough for me to recognize. Did you watch Gunsmoke? Uh, you know, as a kid it would re-air... That's interesting that you had an interest in it. I liked Western movies, but I never... Ooh. Oh, no. The Untouchables. That's not... I thought it was the movie. Um, it was at the TV show. I would have only seen a handful. Um, yeah, I don't know. He definitely... His voice is incredibly familiar. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, if you know, tell us. But I'll say this. Uh, he was also in I Love Lucy. A bunch of them. As a counterfeiter. A waiter. And Max, the counterman. <laughs> um, and he was in a show called Space Patrol. Matt, we should watch Space Patrol. No. It's from the 50s. Oh, what, boy. I wonder what it's about. What if it was... Um... Here, are some, here are some titles from it. The Androids of Algol. Mr. Proteus and the Poison Gas. The Escape of Mr. Proteus. The Blazing Son of Mercury. Did he play Mr. Proteus? That's a good question. No, he played Marco. He played who? Marco. And then uh, later he played Ramo. Oh, Marco Ramo. I love that Marco. game. Marco. Ramo. <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. Good. Very good. I love how they... Is that me? Yeah. Is someone Skyping with you? I don't think so. Yeah, it's my computer, but I have no idea what it's coming from. Hello, computer. I'm sorry. Hello, computer. You know what? 
I uh, I deserve this for that. No, you don't need an oops. We don't need to hear that because you've also muted your computer. You didn't mess up the cue, Andy. You didn't. Well, it didn't you weren't say trying that. to play anything. It I know, just but accidentally I... happened in the background. Stop you're misusing just, the oops. You're just defending it because you know that that happens to you all the time, and you didn't want to want to set a precedent. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> um, I don't know what it's from. Um, whatever the case. Look, I wanted to talk to you about this. Please do the brainwashing. Yes. What do you? What, what, what were your thoughts on the scene here? Um, uh, I'll say this. I I like the idea of jo- oh this was the other thing I was going to say about that Jordy scene that's the most entertaining thing like in the future they can come up with if you're in a long shuttle ride <laughs> is a word game with well, a computer you could have got a visual thing but I, just, I also like that the go into shuttlecraft it. seems to have a pretty decent iTunes library uh huh no yeah minimally yeah a couple genres um so that's one thing the other thing is I did love the reveal of the Romulan ship behind him. Sure. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that was a good, that was a very good. how come the scanner didn't alert him? It was cloaked. But not when it was revealed. He like looks around and he sees it visually. There's no indication on the panel. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Renee. But I love that. I'm on board. They abduct Jordy. I'm on board. I gotta say, once we get into this stuff, I feel like there's a lack of dramatic momentum about a lot of this stuff. Like, I'm interested. I want to see what's going to happen. It's a basic brainwashing thing. And it seems very slow and logy. And it's not It's not even clear. Jordy's sort of being a little casual about it until they, until they start torturing him. I don't know. It just didn't... I don't know if this is what's bugging me. It didn't seem that inventive. Character-wise, situation-wise, like, I like that they were doing this trope. I wanted to see a little bit more of a spin. Well, I think they did a pretty good job of fitting it into the world where you're like, you need this particular neural interface. There's one guy in Starfleet with that interface. I agree with that, yes. That governor who's helping them, aid and abetting them, requests that the Enterprise come because they know that this Geordi LaForge is going to be on board the ship. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I mean, how they know he's going to the um, sex robot conference, I don't know. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure on that. Maybe they maybe even, they planned it. Yeah, they planned the sex robot they conference. They probably knew everything about Geordi LaForge. And um, how do they know that? What do you mean? I'm just assuming spies. You know, Tapel-like people. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. It's interesting because everything you're saying um, is very plotty, which is atypical for uh for next gen and that usually it's built around more around a theme or around yeah, a character but development. They, but they do mostly cover their cover their asses with it too like just the little line of like I, that's why i requested you captain <laughs> I, I like that like all that stuff is there for a reason and i think they do a good job of it i like that they i mean i find it interesting and like the idea is very cool to me of like they're feeding this directly into his brain like you can't you know, you have your typical brainwash sequence, of course, famously Clockwork Orange uh, poster and or famous scene where the eyes are uh, kept open so that you are forced to look at this thing. But with Jordy, he can't even try to close his eyes. It's going directly into his brain. I think that's conceptually sci-fi very cool. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Finally. 
Uh, but for me, and it's interesting because I feel like usually all that stuff is is secondary, even in, in how much they write to it uh, in an episode. It's usually character-based or theme-based. And in this one, I'm not sure that there is a theme, and I'm not sure that there's any development in character from anyone. Well, I think it's a big, it's a step for Jordy. I think, in the sense that he has to now come to terms with this. They kind of throw that in at the end, but it feels a little tacked on, and they don't really make a point with it. Like, he wasn't struggling with anything that then that highlights. Yeah. I mean, he seemed to be struggling with holding glasses and 10 forward. Like, I feel like even the Borg... <laughs> I feel like even the... <laughs> I'm giving that an appropriate amount of laughter. No, uh, it was just funny how you, like, you said your sentence, looked left, right, processed it, and then chuckled. Um, even the Borg stuff with Picard, I feel... Well... Is more... Well, they had a whole... They Re- did a whole... Yeah, but I feel like even that, even in the idea, it's more resonant because I feel like it gets to the heart of what Picard values and feels comfortable with. Like, he is... He's someone who, uh, for all of his uh, advantages as a person and as a captain, is generally only comfortable if he's kind of in control of a situation. And this gets to the heart of that. That's not really true of Jordy, so I'm not sure, other than it being, yeah, I agree with you, cool details in terms of a spy plot, it doesn't really... I mean, you don't, you don't like, buy into the fact that this person we know is getting brainwashed by the enemy of the Federation. I mean, it's just, you know, I think it's, like, sort of, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trope, yeah, but it's also, like, a, a globally an interesting idea. I, you know, maybe you don't like how... Maybe would have preferred a more soapy actor in the role of the Romulan. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, maybe it's. But I Here, do... let me let me throw this out to you. Uh-huh. So there's a little bit of of sort of back and forth between Jordy and the Romulans. There's no real character built up in the Romulan who brainwashes him. There's no difficulty they have brainwashing him. What if it was set up more? Like, there was a little bit more of a sequence made where it was, like, a real character that's sort of intimidating or you see the inner workings of his brain other than him being just, quote, Romulan. Well, even you saying that, right? Even you saying that in my brain as a writer, I'm thinking, okay, I see what you're saying there. You know what I would do? I would have the Romulan who is torturing Geordi have a similar handicap to Geordi. That's already more interesting, you know. And 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 by the way, like be like cast aside by the Romulans, this is sort of has been his big plan to be for sort of seen as an equal to them. You know, maybe he hates Geordi for being accepted by his uh, Federation, his 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 crewmates. You know, accept him, but my crewmates think I'm weak because I can't see unless i have one of these on or so i have to prove myself yeah. to them yeah something like that there's also like i don't know if you tie it in somehow to uh is it galorndon core that all that crap happened let's on? always tie everything into galorndon core something to galorndon core it just something where it's like okay there's a there's a real back and forth and he is making it his business maybe there's even something that jordy did in the past with the romulans and he, and this is his revenge so it's personal, but the but the thing I'm basically saying. Well, I mean, is, look at the defector, right? What if it was the defector? Uh, totally, exactly. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, it becomes more of a thing of 
I am going to break you in particular down, Jordy, with a thing that is personal to you, as opposed to I'm going to yeah, do but it's not thing. it's not personal to him to kill a Klingon governor. You know what I mean? If Maybe the, if, his, if his plot was you must disassemble data or something, I don't know. I'm trying to make it the most personal it could be, and obviously I go, I'm to, saying it's I go to a robot. It's something more personal about Jordy rather than someone on the Enterprise. So that it's it's Jordy she he's specifically trying to break down. Right, but I thought what you were also saying was that you wanted his uh mission to be personally hurtful to Jordy. Uh maybe. That would probably help also. Mm-hmm. But I mean I feel like that that I but this is another thing. That I would get more of if it's like He's making one of the sweeter characters on Next Generation do these terrible things. That's all implied. But other than Jordy kind of flipping out that he doesn't remember stuff at the end, even the fact that he almost killed someone isn't dealt with, really. Well, it's almost like you'd want that last scene to be in the brig. Right. You know what I mean? Like, even the and threat... And to maybe have, like... Yeah, that would really be little, interesting. Yeah, you know, it'd be, like, cool. Or the thing with the O'Brien, like there's the the threat that he was going to kill O'Brien, and there's the moment where he's like clearly had a dream about it, and he calls O'Brien. Even that is kind of not dealt with as much as it should be, and I would have almost liked it to be, like maybe he does injure O'Brien, and he has to he's like has to handle it somehow. Yeah. Anyway, those are the kinds of things that I was looking for. I think it's a very well written plot, though. It's just a little bit not un- and not resonant for me. Not grammatically correct. Allow me to demonstrate. I now have direct access to his visual cortex. He has no choice but to see what I wish him to see. Shades of gray. Image I choose. (laughs) He will be unable. No. His galvanic skin response has increased nine percent. The middle part of Cupid. Seems to handle the forge like many humans has a low tolerance for watching. Code of honor. Well, attacks on neutral freighters. One, the Ferengi, and the other, Cardassian. Both were engaged near the Icanian asteroid belt. That's where the rebels must be hiding. The actinides in the asteroids provide positive protection against our sensors. They might attack a freighter, but I doubt they would challenge a Federation starship. Especially with the Federation furnishing them support. You would test the captain's word with me, Kel? Is it because I have no honor in your eyes that you expect me to be disloyal? Wrong of me to ask. My apologies. Captain Picard does not lie. If he says there is no Federation assistance to the rebels, there is none. Good. Because I risk my own reputation and honor coming to Picard. He will not disappoint you. If that is all. Unless you want him to remember your birthday. But that is another story for another day. I don't want to talk about it. Members of the High Council who would thank you, Worf. Thank me. For killing Duras. No doubt that had he lived, one day he would ascend to head the Council. Many were not looking forward to that. My motives were personal, not political. Motives? Who cares for motives? Humans, perhaps. What matters is you acted on that day as a true Klingon. Maybe that's why Larry was like, eh, I don't know, I guess he was a Romulan sympathizer. This guy doesn't even care about motives, so it's whatever he wants. <laughs> um, I really like the scene. I like that he kind of tries to trick 
or and he's trying to trick uh, uh, Worf into seeming disloyal. That Worf spots it, and uh, I like that he gives him a little uh, thing at the end, and Worf is kind of like, "All right, thanks." Finally, someone notices me. Getting a little nod from Dorn is very nice. I um, mean, that guy's great, Dobson. I really think he's great in this part. Uh, the other guy, by the way, is uh, the villain that is um, that's um, um, brainwashing Jordy. Uh, is John Fleck, and uh, he's been in a ton of stuff: Weeds, Nip Tuck, Carnival. Uh, he was in Enterprise. He's in a ton of Star Trek stuff, but no claim to fame. No second to claim to fame. Step it up, guest actors. <laughs> Can't really hold them responsible for it. I want you to kill Chief O'Brien. Free simulations. Commander, did you understand my request? Well, I... It's just I... I don't look at me. Now, what did I ask you to do? Kill Chief O'Brien. Then do as I asked. Resume program. I mean, I'd be wary of the fact that they have accurate uh, crew manifests and blueprints for the Enterprise. They seem to be incredibly well-informed. Good, Mr. LaForge. Very good. Why don't you enjoy a drink? Maybe it's friends? coming from Kel or Krell or whatever the hell his name is. The other guy. Krell? We are open. Oh, wait, the ambassador or the other guy? Kyle, Kel? Captain's yeah. log, stardate 44896.9. We are orbiting Krios, awaiting our first meeting with the Klingon governor. Commander LaForge has rejoined... I love how excited he is to see Data. Welcome back, Jordy. <laughs> Data! How was the seminar? <laughs> Very informative. I had That's sex with several robots. It is fortunate we were able to coordinate your return on the Teldarian cruiser. Yeah. When I heard the Enterprise had been ordered to the Creo system, I thought I might be forced to endure another couple of weeks on Ryza. I'm sorry to hear you did not enjoy yourself. I was joking. Joking? I am Jeffy. Ah. Forced to endure Ryza. Your actual intent was to emphasize that you did enjoy yourself. Yes. I see how that could be considered quite amusing. I am Jeffy. <laughs> I missed you, Data. Nope, Jeffy. Really, just just man spreading right there. Just like, <laughs> just like really taking up the whole seat. Troy's left. It, <laughs> really Troy's left to one of those auxiliary so seats. True. <laughs> Even Worf is like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this, uh, this ambassador is really making himself. You know, Riker's trying to make him feel better by trying his best to manspread as much as him, but it's not happening. He just can't do it. No I gotta one, say, no I can match his girth. I respect uh, Kel's eating habits, though. He's, sure, uh, he just he's going to town. He could not be happier when he's about to eat all that uh, whatever it is octopus-like stuff. He is uh, excited later on. He likes come to be on, on the board. Enterprise. Permission to come aboard, Captain. Granted. Welcome back. <laughs> Joke's on you, Captain. I already came aboard on a shuttle bay, and I've been on the ship for like 18 decks. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Jordy, you came back from Rise of Fun. Thank you, sir. Commander LaForge is my chief engineer. Commander? He's been attending a seminar on artificial intelligence on Ryzen. I'm glad we got you back, Jordy. We're going to need your help on this one. Data tells me that the Federation has been accused of aiding Creosian rebels. I've been presented with evidence today. We'll need your help in analyzing it. Anything I can do. 
You had a I good think he's time. sick in this Does one. It, he allergies. didn't even look at uh, oh, Klingon guy. I wanted to see Klingon guy through the... Uh, oh, he doesn't need to the because visor. he's not being programmed by him. They wanted to leave it vague until they... Uh, no, I know, but like you should still assess... You know, I want to see everything. Like when the Terminator walks into that bar. Right. Well, I assume if he looked at the uh, at the Klingon, then it would be like he would look like, like he would have rainbows. Happy face. He would have rainbows. <laughs> he would have happy faces around him, little unicorns dancing. Do friend. not kill. Do not kill. <laughs> Do not kill. Okay. Friend. Friend. Uh, let me tell you my favorite thing about this episode, Andy. Uh, right, Matt? It is the data subplot. It is the data peeling apart the mystery himself. Agree. Hard agree. I really, really like that. I also like the writing they've done here, where Captain, they kick uh, his ready. They kick Picard out. Meet with you. Farewell. Advise him that we will transport down to the surface immediately, Ambassador. So, like, he's out the door, and then uh, Data has just goes, "Okay, well, I guess Riker's in charge now." Under Riker. What is it, Data? Our sensors have detected a brief energy fluctuation in the E-band. The E-band is unusual. It's a source. Unknown, sir. E-band emissions are difficult to localize. Collapsing protostars sometimes emit E-band bursts. Yes, sir. However, there are no protostars in this sector. You better do a complete scan. Keep me posted. Yes, sir. The Canarian... Um, you know, that's clean writing to get Picard and the governor out of there so that it is just on Riker and Data and that there is no sort of like, we're going to get found out. Agreed. Thanks. Thanks for agreeing with me. Do you like how Picard swears in Klingon? So great. Are your weapons also All the details are great in no, this episode. Not. He just doesn't like globally the story. The main, the main... Th- the main spine of the story is not it's not jazzing for you it's not satisfying for me then explain but I love this you took this weapon from the rebels that and many more like it because a good Klingon but it doesn't appear to be Federation Mm -hmm. issue it is Edward Wiley who later shows up as a Cardassian Mm mm-hmm I have to make the hard change in my head from saying Kardashian. You know, what's funny is what? my change had to go the other way. Of course. <laughs> the price to verify its origin. As you wish. I have Gull Chloe. But even if these weapons are genuine, Gull Kim. I can assure you that a third party must have been involved. The Federation is not in the business of supplying arms to rebels. This is the only Klingon colony on the border of Federation space. You cannot deny that Starfleet would be happy to see Krios gain its independence. It would reduce your vulnerability to an attack. Governor, you speak as if we are enemies and not allies. And you speak the lies of a Tarkak. You gonna take that? I was on a Klingon ship once. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, what Riker says. Can't sit there. Those take the, that. Those are the Gentlemen. I believe he said... Do you know? Let's play with Chewbacca. <laughs> I really want to know. Can you pull pull that back? I want to look it up and see what he says. Um. Hey, hey, hey. Andy's now going to try to see what he says. I just want to. But we got to play this this uh, this ah, like we did. Kaicha. 
Uh, we got to keep playing it like we did that guy's message at the beginning <laughs> until we <laughs> until we understand it. Um, Klingon cursing. Here we go. Uh, uh, uh. Maybe he's saying that guy played Chewbacca. Could be. What do you think of uh, Jordy's uh, whole spiel to the engineering team? I really enjoyed it. Plasma deviation steady at 0.72. Well, you guys keep running at this efficiency. I might as well go back to Ryza for another week. <laughs> Just run through a level four series and then call it a night, huh? I'd help you, but there's something I've got to take care of. No translation available. Good mislead. You know, something I got to take care of. They send him in to O'Brien. That's frustrating. And then you're like, oh, what does Chief O'Brien have to do with the Klingons? Why is he targeted? But he's not. Except that... <laughs> what is this? Why does he spill his drink? You sure? I assumed that that was just a one of the tests, the small things that they had him do to oh, prove that they, he was under their control. Yeah, because the real Jordy would never willingly spill. No, that would be a drink on to Chief. That'd be immoral. Yeah, it would be against his moral. Code. Also, there'd be a danger that you'd hit the com badge and ruin it. And he sure. doesn't want to break a machine. No. Sorry, my solo. I would actually report back to the Romulans that he failed. How so? Uh, he's supposed to look like he accidentally did it. <laughs> he certainly does not. <laughs> Anyone who's looking at him is going to go up to Chief O'Brien later and go, you know, he intentionally poured that on you. I don't know what he said, but um, Andy, what do you think of the scene of Data and uh, and? Jordy testing the phasers. You love this, don't you? No, I hate this. Oh, you hate it. Interesting. Because it's so they, protocol. They're on though. a 42 deck ship uh-huh. with empty space left and right. <laughs> it can evacuate 12,000 people in an emergency, <laughs> and they think the best place to fire a phaser <laughs> rifle is next to the warp core. I should have assumed. You're telling me <laughs> that they're going to sit there and go, everyone clear the, pa- the this you know this you know this path here, this giant carpeted path here that everyone is constantly walking by. Yeah. Every day we're seeing dozens of extras walk through there as though they're crew members on board the Enterprise. Sure. You're in the hub of the ship. Everything is powered there. You need uh, controls for literally every part of the ship flow through there. And what are the two smartest beings on the ship doing? <laughs> they are firing a phaser rifle in main engineering. This is a theme song for Matt because Andy has way too many couldn't find a better one <laughs> they had two empty shuttle but ba- they had a one standing shuttle bay set already yeah. built right they go to cargo bay four that is a, set entirely that is a, an incredibly good production point why are you not doing that in the cargo what bay? the fuck that is totally true i guess they figured they wanted to vary it up Beam control assembly safety interlock boat check out you know what? It, How about this? Here's a little money. Give me a phaser range on board the ship. Oh, nice. That's yeah. all. Like, do it. Do, but how about this, Matt? No. How about if it's like Jordy is? Uh, he doesn't want to be away from the engines that long. Uh, you, you get. He wants to stay down there. He figures he can do this at the same time as he keeps an eye on the. Engine uh, guess though. who outranks him? Data with the engines. 
with the ship. What do you mean? Data is the third in command. So? Data could be like, we should not do this here. Uh, sure. Well, I'm just saying that maybe they both... I get think, it. Like, like oh, maybe Jordy wanna be... wants to be next to the ship, engines, but... Like, I'm not saying Guess just... what? Then Jordy's not invited to my phaser party. <laughs> Intensity controls also responding correctly. Energy cell usage remains constant at 1.05 megajoules per second. Do you enjoy the... I love that the solve is that they fucking fire too efficiently. That is great. I love that is that very solve. clever. All the specifics are really good in this episode. Be. That might tell us why but it's it is. so little energy. You know what? It almost feels like it it was written by a really talented, smart nerd who doesn't work on the show regularly. Obviously, it was no, written by someone. Renee. I know. He's he's a longtime writer, but it feels like that because it's the kind of thing that as an as a beginning writer, you would be like, "What do you mean? All my specifics are dead on." And really, you haven't thought about the emotional story at all, because you're just thinking like you're not seeing. What well, the emotion the in this story is driven by data. That's the emotion underpin of the story. The motivation is, but it's not an emotional underpinning. Well, it is because he has emotion, but refuses. <laughs> he refuses to admit it. I guess that's true. <laughs> no, but it's like you know, and I think that is true to a degree, even canonically, not canonically, but like I think it's hard to watch data for that many years and not think that he just doesn't know how to process these things. Mm-hmm. You know, he acts uh, on emotion more than we're all willing to admit. The initial output spike is inverted. That might suggest the weapon has been charged with a forced pulse, well into the terahertz range. Then it's definitely not Starfleet issue. Make sure I turn it off before I walk right past where we were just firing the beam. So true. This is just dangerous. (laughs) And there can't be that many systems that use the terahertz feeds. 327 to our knowledge. We can probably achieve an exact match with a random computer search. It will take approximately three hours. I think we can narrow this down with a little common sense data. Who has the most to gain from a conflict between the Klingon Empire and the Federation? Dale in stellar cartography. No data. (laughs) Romulans. He's always mouthing off about (laughs) the Federation. (laughs) And it's the relationship with the Klingons. They fashioned the perfect Federation rifle, but they had to charge it from their own energy sources. The discharge crystal and the emission beam pattern both correspond to those you'd find in a Romulan disruptor. The Romulans have no interest in Creosian independence. This planet is too far from their borders. But they do have an interest in driving the Federation and the Empire apart. Our alliance is the only thing that has kept them in check. Romulan replications using stolen Federation technology. It's a typical Romulan ploy. An attempt do to not kill, do not kill, do not kill. Commander, you've done very well. Friend, friend. We are friends. Then there's this whole thing of him beaming an entire thing down, which is, like, so ridiculous in and of itself, just by virtue of, like, I mean, as is very nicely illustrated here, by the way. I like I like the way this scene plays out. So, correct me if I'm wrong, Jordy has just returned from beaming the phasers I down. I think you're correct, yes. Okay. Sir. We are being hailed by Governor Vaughn. On screen, Mr. Wolf. Governor. You astonish me, Picard. Did you seriously believe you would succeed? Do you think we 
You're blind. I don't understand. We intercepted the weapons you tried to transport. I like the to weird the choice that he uh, he's like. I gotta get closer to, to the screen on this one. I gotta have my, have my head fill the whole screen. Do you think we are blind? <laughs> oh, Jordy's right there, dude. <laughs> Governor, I assure you, you we are blind without a visor that allows us to see things better than humans. Maintain your position until further notice. Do not attempt to leave orbit. I love it. I love all these Klingon ships. Klingon attack turn. cruiser. Oh, I'm me too, you, sir. Follow-up question, Andy. What is the what is the correct pluralization of Klingon bird of prey? Uh, Klingon uh, flock of prey. Yeah, I'll take it. It just sounded weird to me on the ear when birds of prey. When he said birds of prey. Yeah. Um, uh, my follow-up question: Like that, that would infer that there are other Klingon ships called like that are birds of other things. Klingon birds of prey, but but aren't they bird of praise? It's <laughs> <is> so true. <laughs> it really is true. <laughs> and if they are, there also there are other birds. Uh, like if they have a fleet, right? Like maybe they do. Yeah, yeah maybe they have a fleet, and, uh, and we're not seeing these uh, these birds of fancy, right? You know, whatever the fuck the other ships are called. <laughs> Then that would make sense to say birds of prey. Bird of praise. It's Wouldn't that be what it is, though? It would be. It sounds so weird, though. It but sounds weird, but it would be accurately described as that. What other kind of birds would there be? Well, I said a fancy. The end. That's Bird it. of fancy. That would be their luxury liners. Um, my question is, uh, it's, uh, it seems like uh, Klingon ship technology hasn't progressed in 100 years. You mean beyond um, Bird the of movies? Praise. Yeah, beyond the TOS movies. Correct. Well, I just think they didn't really want to build uh, models. Yeah. Follow up to that is they're not a really uh, beyond the technology needed to wage war. They don't really care. They're not like looking for aesthetic. They're looking for like what is the most powerful thing? Can you repower these phasers? Yeah, but wouldn't that you... advance or change its look somehow? I don't know. I think the Bird of Prey may be my one of my favorite Star Trek ships, by the way. Make up your mind, dude. So beautiful. On screen. I don't know that I've said anything else. You love a Romulan Warbird, too. I think it's like bird-shaped things. I don't, did I say I like the Romulan Warbird? Didn't you? I think they're cool-looking, but I, they're not my favorite. They're just, like, impressively Well, then you're going on scary. a record right now and saying that the Klingon Bird of Prey is your favorite ship. I, I think so. Okay. Noted. In its look, not the inside, it looks very uncomfortable. Andy, you talked over him saying two birds. (laughs) Sorry, apologize. On screen. Two birds of prey approaching. Birds of prey. It's very strange to me. It just sounded very weird on my ear. If it was a huge digression. (laughs) Did you say birds of prey, Wolf? Wouldn't it be... Bird of praise decloaking? Uh, so, and then this is the other thing that I found interesting, right? First of all, great shot. All the ships there. So great. I think the Enterprise has been looking better in the last couple of episodes. They must be doing new shots with the model. Sensors yeah. confirm an unauthorized transporter beam at 11.23 hours. I mean, it just seems like... It's 11.23. No one's at lunch? They're starting at like 6? 11.23, then it would be... Yeah, they're starting at 6. 
What time is this? What time's the shift starting? Well, they don't get up at six a.m., do they? I feel like they do. You don't think it's a hard ten? Everybody, meet back on the bridge. Hard ten. Sure, Captain. Whoever did it apparently used the planetary array to bypass the transport sensors. What about the transporter logs? They're blank. How many people on board are capable of this, Jordy? I'm not even sure how it was done yet. As soon as I find out, maybe I can give you an answer. Someone very smart must have covered his tracks. Probably super handsome. Someone that might be very attractive to machines. He must have had a great I relationship with machines to open on board. Fire in the Enterprise. I've convinced her it would not be wise to take any action without first consulting the High Council. Up top. There. That's not a replicator energy pattern. Trace it. Cargo Bay 4. The force to warp. Security to Cargo Bay 4. It's interesting that part of his programming wasn't to swerve away on this. Um, Seemingly, his only programming really was to just do the one thing he was supposed to do. Yeah. And they didn't want to alter him in any other way. Maybe not to arise suspicion. Perhaps. Uh, look, I love that Chief O'Brien's getting his due here. Uh-huh. I love that his... Uh, oh, let's... Where the, where the fuck is Costa, the other guy that could do it? This has to be the transfer point. Oh, that's right, Costa. Reprogram the memory chips to erase any record. You're talking about 30 or 40 chips and half a dozen different control systems. Which members of the crew could have accomplished that? I think I could have done it if I put my mind to it. The chief, Data, Lieutenant Casa, that's about it. Procedure requires that I ask each of you where you were at 11.23 hours. Well, I was with Keiko, in the Arboretum. I was on the bridge at my station. I was in my quarters. Was anyone with you? No, I was alone. And Costa was on duty in engineering. I'm sure he's got 20 witnesses. And there is someone on board who isn't what he or she seems to be. Like myself, who is not very good at processing alibis. <laughs> um, here's what I'd like to know. All right. We just, we just had an episode. The drumhead. Yeah. Where we established that... Uh, these com badges can track your interfaces with everything. Uh huh. I also feel like the computer has a log of everybody's location. Well, I assume that Jordy disabled that in some way. Mm. He seemed to do things definitely to cover his tracks. But it just I feels like I just feel like Dor- D- D- Worf would check those logs. Well, yeah, I feel like Worf could also just go, computer, where was Jordy Le- where does where was Commander LaForge at eleven twenty three hours this morning? But I don't think suspicion is pointing at him until later, right? Like until day. Maybe he work. wants to just verify his alibi. Uh huh. And goes, Oh, well I'll just the that, guy, is, I'll, that is a good point. I'll verify you your alibi with the computer. Alibis. Uh, Commander LaForge was in the restroom. <laughs> For how long? 48 minutes. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Either Jordy has a major digestive issue or he is a spy. <laughs> Maybe it's the new robot toilets we had installed. Unless he was doing word games with the computers in complete. there. However, an analysis of the subatomic structure revealed an almost undetectable residual pattern. In time, we may be able to reconstruct the perpetrator's authorization code. You have any idea who's responsible? No, sir. Everyone with the necessary skills also oh. has an alibi. Ick. Except for me. For me, that is. 
I was alone in my quarters at the time. And whoever did this must have been specially trained for the task. Our forensic team is trying to identify anyone who might have been in Cargo Bay 4 today. There's your fucking... There's your 19th CBS All Access Star Trek show. Cargo Bay 4? <laughs> no, the fucking forensic team on board the Enterprise. Oh, yeah. CSI Enterprise? Go sure. for it. Have fun, everyone. Of course. Not going to be easy. There are a lot of people in and out of there. Riker to data? Yes, Commander. Uh, Commander, I just want you to know there are four people around, so don't say anything weird. (laughs) And emission. Acknowledged. I will be there shortly. E-band emission. We've been picking up a curious intermittent blip. Commander Riker has speculated that it might be a Romulan transmission. It is the fifth band of transmission after A, B, C, and D. Attempting to track (laughs) the source. That would be dumb data doing that. Proceed. Thank you, Mr. LaForge. We do not have much time, Picard. Varg is not noted for his patience. Assure him that we are doing everything possible. And advise him that if necessary, I will defend my ship. With your permission, I will transport down to the planet. Of course. May I suggest that you issue an invitation to Governor Varg to personally witness your ongoing investigation? I mean, I like that move by him, too. He's very smart, this guy, and I like how they're playing him, and I like Picard's uh, that that he knows the way to deal with uh, Vogg is to say, you want to you wanna dance? Let's dance. All the moves are very correct. A hundred percent. Like, uh, yeah, I can't fault any of that. Agreed. I also enjoy this scene with uh, Crusher. Hi, Doc. It feels a little... Jordan, I like hi. the... I, I like the you? acting, but it feels a well, little purposeless. Just can't see. Other than sleep well, again, it's like to give that. the audience the indication that maybe they're going to fix this. They're going to find it right here, and they damn it, damn it. But like I guess if what I, I'm like if is, I would yell at the TV as a as a as a sure. woman watching soap operas, uh-huh. and by woman I mean Mary Myra watching soap operas, right? Watching her stories, watching her stories. She'd be like. <laughs> Check his implant, you dumb dumb. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, this scene that is basically just a red herring because she doesn't figure out what's going on, that could have been in place of Jordy going through some kind of like, I don't know, I've been having these images in my head of like so killing like, what, people going and to stuff Troy like that. or something? Would Maybe. Would you rather have a scene with Troy? Something. Because he just had the scene. Or... We skipped it over. We skipped over it, but he just had the bed nightmare. Yeah. It's just, it's not digging into it. In any way. Hmm. I was hoping you could give me something. Sit down. Let's take a look. Like maybe he's snippy and starts I also like that attacking people because he's like fighting this thing inside him. He's trying to get time on all the codeine, but she's a smart doctor. She's like, hang on, let me make sure there's actually something wrong with you. Uh-huh. Hope you give me something. Sit down, I'll take a look. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got? What kind of space drugs we got? You couldn't sleep at all? Yeah, I was resting. Can you see anything? I can't wake up. <laughs> Do you see this thing I'm waving in front of your visor? Your visor, please. I like this subtle sound effect of Jordan's visor nice. coming off. And how he takes it off is he's always very careful to like remove it around the implants, which I assume is to for the prop, but it also yeah. works as the as the technology. Yeah. Is there something on your mind? No, I don't think so. I am all. I'm investigating a serious situation that might result in a war between the Klingons and the Federation, but there's nothing on my mind. 
I keep thinking about killing O'Brien. Is that weird? Well, everybody No, does. believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking O'Brien. Always in here after kayaking accidents. Ugh. These occasional bouts of insomnia, there's probably nothing to worry Costa, about. Costa, by the way, was uh, even on uh, Memory Alpha. They can't identify the actor. Played by an unknown actor in Hollow Pursuits and only mentioned in the mind's eye. I have a picture of him, though. I feel like I've seen him more than those two times, but I'm not going to argue with Memory Alpha. They are the alpha of memory. So true. physically wrong. There's a minor vascular irregularity in the visual cortex. A slight dilation of the blood vessels. It's nothing serious. I was in love with a worm creature. Has it been giving you any problems lately? Where were you during that? Nothing out of the ordinary. All the same, it might be a good idea to have it examined when we get to Starbase 36 next month. Next month? That's too late! In the meantime, I will get you a somnetic inducer to put by your bed. It'll help you to sleep. Boom. Thanks, Doc. Sure, I'll be fine. Womp womp. <laughs> Poor Jody. Uh, this, I, this is, we're sort of accelerating to Data's reasonable stuff. From inside the I Enterprise, you're sure? Um, so maybe you can the walk me through one. this. I understand most of it. What is the thing that connects him to the shuttle? Like, why does he think of Geordi's trip, and so he starts digging into the uh, the chips in the shuttle? The E-band emissions didn't happen until Geordi arrived on board. Oh, I see. Gotcha. The E-band... I think? I don't know. Lips were clearly well, generated on board the ship. The second came from the planet's surface. Generated by what? Unknown, sir. To data, we have a known spy on board. And now we have unexplained signals on board. I think it's reasonable to assume that they're related somehow, don't you? Well, if you had just let Admiral Satie do her entire job, this wouldn't be happening right now. <laughs> Whoa, Data! <laughs> One could speculate... <laughs> well, nobody asked me what I thought about it. <laughs> form of covert communication. We need more than speculation, Mr. Data. We need to know who, what, where, when, and why. Or we may be going to war. Yes, sir. That's the last W. Computer. Run an analysis War. of all known Romulan transmission formats. All bands. Identify any commonalities with displayed waveform. No commonalities noted. Does this waveform match that of any known communication format? Negative. Broaden search pattern beyond communications. Does the waveform displayed conform to any natural phenomena? Cryptographic format. Oh, I think it's right here when it's they say visual lifeform EM emissions. The signal corresponds to a delta compressed wavelength spectrum similar to human neural frequencies. As in a human brainwave pattern. Affirmative. What kind of receiver would be capable of processing these signals? A system designed to modify the electromagnetic spectrum and carry those messages directly to the human brain. Subtle. That's when he goes, oh shit. Camera move on it's, my, it's my dear friend Jordy. I see, gotcha. I like, what do you, you think of the reflecty shot? Love it. And I love the shining music that kicks in at, that is accompanied by Jordy walking down the hallway with the sh- shining Steadicam backward shot. Mm-hmm. Backward tracking shot. Really nice. Very well directed. Who so directed he, this one? Uh, this was um, Living? Michael... Uh, Livingston? Uh, Michael Livingston. <laughs> uh, sorry, David Livingston. David Livingston. I uh, presume. What? It doesn't matter. It's okay. Do you think anyone's still listening to our show right now? I don't think I am. <laughs> <laughs> I tuned out about an hour ago. 
Uh, line producer David Livingston had come from ABC way back in February 1987 to be the production manager of the Farpoint pilot. He got a powerful story for his first shot at directing, retelling the Manchurian Candidate. Uh, Livingston, an unbiased, an unabashed fan of the Manchurian Candidate, tried successfully to get some, someone from the movie unsuccessfully rather to get someone from the movie to appear in the episode as an extra there's even an homage to the camera shot in which he the possessed O'Brien is shot in 10 forward hmm alright interesting I love Manchurian Candidate highly recommend it to people of course uh, he means the Denzel Washington version absolutely <laughs> the original is crap <laughs> One of the all-time great performances by Computer. Angela Lansbury. Link with movie. the shuttles onboard system. I love Data getting to work on this. So Access great. the so ISO nice. linear storage assembly. Digging Scan into all it. chips which contain mission logs. Be Note all any business. discrepancies. No discrepancies noted. Perform a level five... Di- that is frustration in his face right there. I think it's the in-use light look. The- I think it's frustration. Navigational and power systems. The components specified are all within normal tolerances. Uh, yeah, you have this like fisheye tracking shot down the hall. I mean, it's not fisheye. I guess it's just a zolly. It's really nice. Is it a zolly? Is it the flat lens? Anyone who shoots things, please tell me what that is. Computer, scan the shuttle's structural integrity. Submicroscopic deformations are present in the nose section and aft thrusters. Probable cause of these variations. The shuttle has been subjected to stress consistent with a tractor beam. You know, I love it. Ticking clock in this act here. You've got all this stuff happening. you got Chief O'Brien ruining everything by asking him for help. Can I do it for you, Chief? Could you take a look at the pattern buffers? Considering what's happened, I'm not sure the control systems are reliable. Sure. Sure, let's take a look. I like that he just plays it normal there. Well, I also think that, like, he's programmed as such. To play it normal. To always play it normal. Except for when he pours the drink on him. (laughs) Well, he was told to play it like someone pretending to accidentally pour... When you pour the drink on him, make, make sure, sure it's you're really it's indicating that when it's on you're purpose. Pouring. <laughs> Computer, I am reading anomalous variations in the molecular structure of these memory chips. Please confirm. Analysis confirmed. Probable cause. Replication. Compare these variations with established Romulan replication patterns. The patterns are identical. I, I love it. I love this. This, this, this is uh, space worth the trip for me. Right, Commander. Data to the porch. Report, please. Jordy, please respond. Computer. Current location of Commander LaForge. Cargo Bay 4. Data to Lieutenant Worf. Priority 1. Go ahead. Take Commander LaForge into custody immediately. Sir. 
That is an order. That's great, too. I just now at that point, right, once he says that is an order, or once he starts walking out of the shuttle bay, I want Data to fucking full speed Android run. That was 100% I agree. That, that occurred to me, too. Is like, that's the moment. It would be great to see him just racing through the corridors. Yeah. Worst guards on the planet. I mean, yeah, I gotta say, it's just trying to stop an assassination attempt. And they're they're bothering Worf. I mean, it's like Worf's trying to do your job. Yeah, but they think he's the assassin, and and frankly, I think it's on Worf because he Klingon clunky his clunkies his way through, trying to push through them as opposed to going around them. I do like that he eventually yells (laughs) LaForge. Yeah. Mr. Wolf, get him out of here. I guess we'll let you go. Wolf's just angry that he, these two people were able to contain him. This is not enough. Now the Federation would murder me to achieve its aims. Governor, if I could explain this, I would. I believe I can help, Captain. Side note, Matt. Why don't they let Worf uh, stop him? That's his job. I like that Picard did it, but that's Worf's job. They don't even let him do his own thing? I don't like that. Who's the they? You mean the, the writers? The writers, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's like, why, why, why make Picard the one who quickly takes a phaser out of a guy's hand like (laughs) also like i would like to i would like you know if this was 2018 star trek we would have we they would have had the effect budget and they would have just like i would have loved to have seen that phaser burn a hole all up the you know because he he you know essentially the beam is on the entire time and i would like to see it just like i feel like it's not really established because they never had the effects, but I feel like in the CG world, I feel like Klingon should be able to like he's uh, he's on that ladder. He would have had an angle to leap over everybody. Worf would have and land okay because he's a Klingon and he would yeah, have taken the hit. Yeah, part of me also thinks like he was t- treating this situation sensitively because he didn't want to make any sudden movements to startle the governor. He already clum- clambered through the other guards. That's why they grabbed him. Well, he just was. Uh, yeah, he should have gone around. <laughs> I've been able to determine that Commander LaForge was abducted by Romulans en route to Risa. It is likely that he was somehow forced to take part in the plot to assassinate Governor Vogue. I saw no evidence of Romulans. We just witnessed him acting very much alone. Right, everyone? Huh? You did not. I do not believe the Commander is acting of his own accord. He has been receiving E-band signals through his visor. E-band signals, signals. come on. direct commands to his brain. This guy's a cuckoo. Commander LaForge. He's a robot. We can listen to a robot, everyone? A process referred to historically and somewhat inaccurately as brainwashing. What to what end? Why would the Romulans want to kill me? The Romulans have always wanted to destroy the alliance between the Federation and the Klingons. I said it early in the show. If LaForge had killed you, Governor, I think you would agree. They might have succeeded. Who sent these signals? A cloaked Romulan ship? Maybe don't ask that question, you dumb dumb. <laughs> that is not possible. Or was it some... Oh, never mind. <laughs> ...close proximity to the visor. All right, this has been great. There was a Romulan accomplice in close proximity to Mr. LaForge when he was receiving the signals. Yes, sir, I am. This Romulan accomplice. Who is he? I have narrowed the list of possibilities to two people. 
The only two people who were with Commander LaForge all three times a transmission was recorded. Captain Picard and Ambassador Kell. One of them may be concealing an E-Ban transmitter. If they would agree to be searched... I am a Klingon. I ate it. An emissary of the High Council. I will not submit to being searched by you or anyone else on this ship. I am forced to agree, Captain. We will take the Ambassador with us and search him ourselves. Captain, I believe it to be an... <laughs> we're totally clear that it's not you, Captain Picard. <laughs> That's why we're <laughs> leaving right now with this guy. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, he does. Yeah. Best interest if I remain. I kind of like that. Vox is like, oh, it's you. Asylum. <laughs> this, this I will certainly grant you asylum. This is pretty sweet. When you have been absolved of this crime. Oh yeah. Also, like Picard clearly did try to stop the phaser from sure, killing yeah, the whole thing. So like, this guy's <laughs> oh, yeah. so that makes sense now. Desperate. Good time, Taylor. That's it. What that is. Uh, probably four to beam up. You gonna die? Where's Chewbacca? Uh, we played this scene at the beginning of the podcast. Andy, we, we wrapped it up. Congratulations. We did it. Um, and now it's time, and I think we know who it's going to be. Um, oops, I'm on the wrong thing. Hey, everybody, guess what? It's not Worf. It's not really fair. That could be the jingle we play almost every week. Yeah. Well, it's the MVC. Yeah, the MVC. I play that one. Um, I mean, it's data, right? It's no, no question. I mean, it has to be data, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's. I mean, I guess you could give a little, give some points to Picard for handling the, the diplomacy parts and stopping the phaser, but uh, it's it's all on data. Data is definitely the most valuable. Remember today. Um, I think. Oh. That there is uh, the only person who is in the running besides Data. Yeah. I mean, Riker probably does, Riker does point to a lot the of bartender the bartender in Ten Forward because, <laughs> like, that drink is ready like that. It's true. All right, that's it. <laughs> um, the uh, the only thing I, it was one other thing I wanted to mention, which was uh, uh, the weird shot of Jordy sleeping, and that he made the choice. I was wondering if it was in the script. It is him saying having a fitful sleep, but it's strange that he's in the fetal position. Oh, you know what I meant to say about that scene is yeah. that uh, Jordy LaForge's pajamas look by far the most comfortable of all the pajamas we've yet to, we've seen on the Enterprise. I so don't far. disagree with that. So points to Jordy, but he does choose to sleep in a in an odd way. I wonder if Jordy sleeps that way when he's not being. No, I think the brainwashing made him sleep like that, like a like a like a baby in the. It's womb. pretty clear there was a deleted scene. Uh huh. The Andy or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Um, I'm uh, conflicted because I have agreed with everything that you've liked in this episode. I think it's really around the edges of my problem. I think it's a really well written episode like it's yeah. just everything is dead on the characters are dead on i love all the klingon stuff i love the idea of there being a spy i love that it's manchurian candidate and it just lacks some oomph for me mm -hmm. so i'm gonna give it a 5.5 well, i think you're right to start it in the five range because of the fact that uh, everything you're saying is accurate you're like it, it is checking all the boxes 
yeah. all the characters are behaving in the way that we would expect them to behave in the situation that they're in, the characters that aren't Jordy. Um, and, uh, you know, all the, the techno babbles correct, all the, the Klingon uh, civil, like, discourse is interesting. The, uh, the Picard's, data. Picard's doing a great job Picarding. Yeah. Um, everybody's doing fine. Uh, so I, I see you got to start at a five, and then you have to, then on my, in my uh, scale, I need a little, I need to, like, add a point for the data storyline. So great. it goes up to a six immediately. Okay. And then... Uh, you know, I thought the Klingon stuff was interesting enough in a way that it so rarely is to me that I will bump it up one more half point. I'll give this a six and a half. Not too far. That's interesting. Although, you know what I will say, though? If it's purely on the scale of how much of this will I watch, uh-huh. I'd probably watch the whole thing. I think that's it. Because I think- it's all it's all enjoyable. But yeah. it's not like earth-shatteringly, mind-blowingly good or anything like that. They're not doing anything... They're not doing anything unique enough. Or... I don't know. Like, last week with the host, what we got was a really nice emotional story of a character that we've known for a long time. Yeah. And then with this, there seems to be a complete lack of emotion from everyone involved. What did I give last week? I don't even remember. You gave it a seven. I gave it a seven and a half. Oh, there you go. So that's about right. Because I think it was really inventive. And for all the stupidity of the... Uh, the uh, Not stupidity is strong. For over the overacting of the, the, that one character, uh, it was more of an, an effective emotional story. So there you go. There you go. There you go again. <laughs> um... Wait, do I hit the next sound cue? Oh, um, oh I play the trailer next yeah, for In trailer. Theory. Yeah, I know. Andy, have you seen In Theory yet? No. Oh, I'm excited for you. Uh, eh. There Jordy goes, being brainwashed again. Not we are much really internal conflict. And everyone turned <laughs> us off already. Uh, oh, fuck you. What is happening? Hey. No, that was to my computer. Why, oh. why is this not working? Do, right. do, 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 do. <clears throat> Here we go. Ready, everybody? Here we go. Andy's favorite episode. Okay. A young cadet captures Data's affections. Well, then it seems the next move is yours. But I am not capable of love. And now he's determined to pursue a romantic affair at any price. I think you should be careful. There are always risks of getting hurt. Will Data finally achieve the passions of human emotion? What's wrong with you tonight? Perhaps there is something wrong with you. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. He's got to be faking it, right? Faking what? I'm guessing in that scene, she said, you have to, you're not acting emotional. You're not like connecting. You have to act like a married couple. And so then he puts on a show of acting like a married couple. Act like a married couple. Or whatever. I mean, look. A couple. Like couples argue. All right, I'll have a real argument. Uh, Data tries a lot of things to. uh... That looks like that might be a very silly episode. I really like the episode. Oh, great. For I'm a number of different reasons. Oh, great. Up to and including, I think all the performances are fun. Uh-huh. I haven't probably seen it in four years, but I think my favorite thing about it is that we get a new set. 
Um, all right. Guys, it's time to beam on over to say a big old thanks to our uh, kind and generous uh, Patreon members, members of the President's Circle. Uh, we're going to beam directly in there, Andy. Okay. An effective, majestic theme by by our uh, our friend Lieutenant John Matthews. Yeah, you know, I think anytime a, a, you can have a tippany drum used in an effective uh, jingle, yeah, we, you're winning at uh, jingling. <laughs> I cannot argue with that. So, because it means almost nothing. Let's see what the hollow DJ's up to this time. Oh, nice! <laughs> I like play. I like doing it over music now. Are you not feeling the girl's mind? You know, it's... Uh, we'll skip it. No, I mean, it's... it's, it's I mean, Michael Jackson you know is definitely what? a talent. You know I just feel like with all the documentaries coming out... This Amazon music playlist is right. It should be the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> all right, everybody. Big shout out and big thank you to our patrons in the President's Circle. Tune in this month. We got some uh, marveling coming. We got some lieutenant stuff coming. Extra hours and hours and hours of podcasting, all for the low, low price of whatever you feel like paying. All so right. www.patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Star Trek TNC. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, big shout out to. I can't remember if we ended with Neil or began with me or. We're going to start on Neil, so it is. Neil Stud is getting a hello. Lieutenant Edward Ingram. Uh, Linda Dilbeck. Martin Hedegaard Peterson, is that you? It sure is. Oh, look, it's Rob Cumberland. Maida Pfanname. You didn't give I me would the guess, phonetic. I would guess it's a... Uh, what would you say? Fake name. That's exactly how you say that. <gasps> is that what it is? I think it is. Yes. Fake name. Oh, wow. Really a fake smart. name. M-A-I-D-A. Re- Andy cannot pronounce words that he reads. Then what is the first one? Made a fake name. Oh, my God. Good job, Matt. <laughs> Vanilla Thunder. I was kind of happy that it was... Uh, that it, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was someone from an interesting uh, background. <laughs> well, I think not. that was the fun of the spelling. Good yeah. job, made a fake name. Um, Vanilla Thunder also made a fake name, but isn't isn't flaunting it. You know, we don't know that Vanilla Thunder's not <laughs> That's is true. her real name. That's true. Lieutenant Ian Buckley. Uh, Michael Seymour. Lieutenant Amba Bootwell. Amanda Bootwell. <laughs> Andy's not making up. Is that wrong? You said Amba. I said Amanda. No, you said Amba. I did not. You did. A thousand percent guaranteed. Wind it back. I can't. That'll waste too much time. <laughs> Brock Kloster. Detective Shane Vendrell. <laughs> Lieutenant v- Detective Shane Vendrell. Ben McClarty. Lieutenant Dan McLeod. Uh, Marcello Vita. Lieutenant Keith Bodela. It's Ken Campbell, everybody. Jeffrey D. Hansen. There oh, he is. Uh, look, it's Neil. And there's Lieutenant Tyler Rosewood. Oh, Andrew Prime. Lieutenant- he's here to kill you, because he's the Prime Andrew. Oh. So what, what am I? Mirror you're, Universe? You're Andrew, Andrew Beta. I'm Andrew Beta. What a downer. Um, it explains how I feel, though. Lieutenant President Mateo. Drew Parkinson. Lieutenant Carmen DeHoog. 
Jeff Mills. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Elizabeth Simpson. Hey, look, everybody. It's David Erickson. And over there is Rob Ryan. Oh, there's Derek Hawkins. Lieutenant Stephanie Venue. Dean Wilson is loading up on our continental breakfast. And Lieutenant Christina Peck is having some waffles and, uh, and crispy bacon. Oh, I'm glad we could get the hot stuff out, too. Uh, Brian Gullett's here. And there's Andrew Burrow. Uh, Chris DQ. <laughs> and uh, Parenthetical DQ, but fancy. It's funny. Uh, and there's the Waco Kid. Uh, Nicholas Frost is here. And Command Master Sergeant Robert Garrison, of course. Oh, uh, look, it's Julie Phillips. Lieutenant Alexis Boussier. Oh, my God. The Doobie Brothers are finished. What's next? Whatever you wish, my I friend. No, it's really up to Amazon. Sure, Toto's great. Uh, Alex Boussier. I just said that. You, Alexis Boussier. You didn't say Alex Boussier, because I read it wrong. That is true. <laughs> it's Ryan Darley, everybody. And there's Sean Russell. And Dean Edelton. Jesse Klain. Jesse Lane. There you go. Sorry. Uh, guess who it is? It's Lieutenant Kim Vilsack. I can't believe that she gets a she gets a medal. She she was awarded a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, and she stuck around into the show this long just to see what we would do to her name. Kim could be a guy, uh, and because of that, that's very true. Because of that, Kim, we are ending on that. We can't go anywhere but down from there. So very good, Kim. Congratulations. I wish your name was Rosanna. It would have worked out better for the song I chose. Okay. Thanks, everybody, so much. We'll see you next week for uh, In Theory, which is uh, Andy tries to figure out if he knows how to love. I look forward to it. I think the answer is going to be no. Disengage. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda. P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.